0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
1: Fall Guy. the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG 13. Yes, and welcome back. I'm Tom Piccolo coming at you with another midweek edition of Talking Nicks. This is the Thanksgiving episode, so we're going to try to do something a little different. We're going to make this the most positive Knicks podcast you'll hear this year. So let's do the thing. Let's talk Knicks. Okay, so we're taping this on Wednesday afternoon, the day before Thanksgiving. And there actually haven't been any games since our last podcast, which came out Monday morning. If if you haven't checked that out, you should. I thought the Poon Brothers really killed that. Uh, I was kind of jealous I wasn't on it, but... Uh, yeah, we're taping this the uh, before the game in Toronto tonight, which will probably be a loss. But no, but that's that's no hold on. That's the negativity. We're, we're we're avoiding that. We don't need that right now. Like I said, this is our Thanksgiving episode. We're gonna be talking about all the things we're thankful for this season. It may be a short podcast. I don't know. Joining me, our co-hosts, Big Baby David and Jake Story. Elliot, guys, hello. Hello. Hi, Hi Tom. Hi guys uh so before we get into our list of things we're thankful for i wanna hear what what are you guys doing for the holiday? you have any kind of fun traditions or anything like that uh b b d how about you go first
2: okay, short and sweet uh small family I just go to my grandma's house and uh it's just my immediate family and my two grandparents and that's uh that's it kind of a just a normal meal, which I don't mind so
1: thank do you have like to, turkey do you have to go and far stuff?
2: yeah it's a it's a far drive it's like a it's like four hours from where I am now They're in upstate New York. I live in north jersey um so yeah yeah decent drive
1: you got like a favorite side or anything any anything in particular you look forward to come Thanksgiving <laughs> you
2: know, I've been seeing Turkey get just slandered on the internet lately to the point where now I'm just like, you know what that's my favorite thing now um so so give me that turkey.
1: Turkey's being slandered on the internet?
2: Everyone's talking about how overrated it is to the point where now it's supremely underrated. Uh, I saw someone call it the Bryce Harper of Thanksgiving food, and that has really resonated with me. Um, it's, it's good. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Jake, you have
0: any <laughs> any reaction to that that take? I, lo- I love that passion. Yeah, I I do know what what BBD's talking about and I I don't want to say I've added fuel to the fire, but I'm a I'm a big stuffing guy. Um I also love that stuff they put in the turkey. Um no, but I I I truly do. I I think you can mix apples in there, you could go cranberries, there's so many different ways to do it. Um and I think that's why turkey gets a bad reputation is because you can't just Eat stuffing. You don't want to be that person at Thanksgiving. So turkey then becomes the vehicle. Um, mm. But I, I think it does get the turkey overlooked. So big stuffing, big mashed potatoes. And, Tom, as you know, and I, I guess this mix into my personal life, I like it all mixed together. I kind of get gross KFC style with it. I'm going to cut up the turkey, and every spoonful I want a little turkey, little stuffing, a little mashed potato, maybe a green bean sneaks in there. Um, so yeah, I get, I get, pretty wild.
1: I'm completely with you on the KFC bowl style of just yeah. mixing it all together. I mean, that's, that's what makes Thanksgiving such a beautiful thing. It's like all the flavors do go together. I'm a big fan of, I like sweet potatoes. I like, I like the green bean casseroles. Um, I'll be up with the in-laws this year, actually up in, in Rocky Hill, Connecticut. Whammy. Um, wow. yeah. So that'll be fun. But and it's they great. Hate I, no. You. No, no, I love they love me. I, I love my my father-in-law, I love you're my mother-in-law. You're not good enough for their daughter. <laughs> <laughs> They've never said that explicitly, but uh <laughs> <laughs> never verbatim. Yeah, it's never. Uh, I don't know, Jake, where are you uh I believe you're not in Connecticut this year. Where are I'm
0: you? I'm I'm in South Kakalaki. I'm in Tega K, uh or it's Tega K. I have no idea how to say it. It's two words. So uh, um, what state are you in? So I'm technically in South Carolina. Um, okay. It's about 30 minutes outside of Charlotte, um, but it's right over the border. There's a nice lake here. Uh, they just did like a – the the GF's family did a, a nice remodel on a house. I'm uh, still doing the finishing touches. I was helping out a little bit. I've I done nothing. Um, I've been just drinking. I haven't seen a turkey. There's still like a black mirror chance they're about to cook me and eat me. Um <laughs> So I don't know, I've got that to look forward to.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what well, well, I'm thankful for. Yeah, let's let's get into the thankful stuff, the the Nick stuff. Um Yeah, so I asked you guys to come prepared. I asked you guys to do a little homework. Yep. Um So so let's just kick it off. BBD, what are you thankful for this season with the New York Knickerbockers?
2: Okay, this season The thing I am thankful for more than anything else is Frank Nilekina being a real NBA player who like looks like he can improve and also looks like he could contribute right now uh, depending on on the team you got.
1: And Uh, and Dave, I I love that because I actually wrote that exact phrase as my top bullet was Frank playing like a real NBA player. And I know we asked, uh, some of our other co-hosts who aren't on the Poon brothers to send us some, and that was Kenny's top one as well. And I'd ima- like, I'd imagine that's Jake's on Jake's list too. Um, so it's kind of cool that we're all sort of impressed with Frank at this point.
2: It's the family feud answer to this question, I think, right now.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, he he was a guy we talked about, like if we could get rid of him in the off season, <laughs> like what we 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 were debating if we could get a high second round pick. Um, and you know it, it is funny these stats that are leaking out that Frank's the only guy with what was it four assists, uh, no turnovers, and and three steals or whatever that stat Tommy Beer had the other day. Um, I I still think some of those were were overreaching for Frank a little bit. Yeah, they're a little cherry. They're a little cherry picked. They're a little cherry picked. And hey, I, I can be the king of cherry picking when when Poppy wants to be. Um, how about this? Uh, Total assists and steals. Frank Nilakina leads the team in that. Uh, how how absurd is that? Um, I mean, that says a little bit that Julius Randall currently leads the team in assists. Um, but he has the exact same amount of assists as R.J. Barrett, which, again, <laughs> a rookie. But R.J. Barrett's a guy that people look at and they're like, "Wow, he can handle the rock. He can get to the rim. He can make the right pass." Frank, we still don't have that full mindset yet. Um, but he's he's doing some really, really good things on both sides of the basketball, and that's huge.
1: Yeah, and I guess when you just look at these raw box score stats, they are they're very underwhelming, right? So he's averaging on the season, he's in about 27 minutes per game, he's averaging 6.4 points, 3.6 assists, 2.4 rebounds. He's shooting 38% from the field. And which is I mean pretty atrocious. And then thirty one percent, thirty one point seven percent from three. Like these are not impressive numbers in any way, shape, or form. So I feel like a lot of the optimism. It's it's not so much like Knicks fans having a severely low bar for Frank Ntilikina. It's more of just eye test stuff. Like he really just looks like he belongs out there. He's not so timid and tentative uh, initiating the offense. He's he's he still is too tentative he's still not aggressive enough but he's taking steps and strides in the right direction i think that's kind of where our our thankfulness is coming from
0: i i think the best way to say it would be is confidence um you know we're we're seeing frank attempt basketball moves we're seeing him do spin moves and we're seeing him do crossovers and we're seeing him try to take it to someone and i mean we used to like we'd get that every third game the past couple years and be like oh you know, we're we're basically yelling at the coaches, be like, "Hey, show that to Frank and make him do that every time." And again, it it we are kind of grabbing at at smaller things, but I mean, we're we're starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, Frank, you know, we've seen you go to the basket, we've seen you handle the ball, we've seen you distribute. Um, and we, I, I one of my things coming into the season was. Show me one thing you can do on offense. <laughs> and he's he showed us he showed us a little sampler. He showed us a little stuffing, a little cranberry sauce. Um, and yeah, it's it's something that we can like, I don't know, like there is a world where you can believe three years from now that RJ Barrett and Frank should be our starting backcourt and feel good about that.
2: Be nice. He's been yeah, awesome. And-
1: I really like the way he's looked, like talking about specific things, uh, specific parts of his game. I really like the way he's operated as a ball handler in the pick and roll. I still don't think there have been enough like high pick and rolls set for him by good screeners because he seems to, I mean, most times he makes like the very simple easy pass, but that's usually the right one. Um, it's why his turnover numbers have have gone down so, so much uh, from the beginning of the season. But... I mean, he just he makes really nice pocket passes. He throws nice lobs. Um, I, I'm I'm very impressed with his playmaking, specifically out of the pick and roll, and I want to see more of it. So I, I think um, I think that's something to look for as the season goes on. And and Jake, one other point is there was a move in the in the last game that he did against Brooklyn, and I tweeted it out and like the sh- MSG showed three angles of it because they were so thrilled about it. But it was in transition, um, and it, I don't know. It, like we've seen times where Frank it has been hesitant to to draw too much attention and to force the defense to commit, but in this one he just he came down like not almost at full speed, and then he kind of slowed it down like he was going to pull it out, and then there was just a burst which we don't see a ton from him. He did a little crossover and then like a little in and out dribble and a crossover again, and he finished and won. He stuck his arms out kind of like James Harden does and drew the foul and made the layup, and it was just like. Yes, like get. I want. I want to see Frank in transition so much more, and to see him uh, operate in that way, in that aggressive way, and to get to the line, and, and to get to the line, which he just doesn't do enough of. So, I mean, th- there's a lot of room for growth here, but I think we're seeing it.
0: And and we're happy about it. And I'm I'm now starting to dig into some weird stats. Um, that is, <laughs> Frank has one and one on the season. It, it may very well be that play. It um, is. And and the other thing that's scary is uh there's two guys on the or I shouldn't say scary this is the thankful episode. There are two players on the Knicks that haven't committed offensive fouls. Frank Nilikina and Iggy Breds um who's wow. played very limited minutes, 14 minutes to be exact. Frank's played 430. Um that's so a crazy
1: I, stat. It's um
0: it like it, it, it's still the tip of the iceberg for Frank like I I'm, as you guys know, I'm a little thick-headed, a little dumb, however you want to label it. Like, I would literally be the coach telling Frank, go out and, like, drive to the basket until you commit an offensive foul. <laughs> like find, Run somebody over. Find the limits of this game because, um, cause, I mean, that's a part of it. And, like, if you commit an offensive foul driving to the 10 – that's not a bad thing, especially if you go to the tin three other times and you get fouls or you get to the bucket. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm happy with Frank. I know Kenny wanted to send his mess his regards on his boy Frank. Um, BBD. Anything else?
2: Um, some fun assist to turnover ratio stuff. Uh, he's among people leading among people playing like over twenty minutes a game. He is really high, taking that filter out. He's 25th in the league. He's ahead of LeBron James. Um,
1: yeah, I think I saw with that filter he was like 7th in the league in assist-to-turnover ratio. Yeah, something
2: A little fun fact, the person leading in assist-to-turnover ratio, he only plays 17 and a half minutes per game, and he's also only played six games, is a former friend, Trey Burke. And I'm just going to end uh, that part of the conversation there because I don't want to talk about it. Um, Smart and also kind of doesn't matter because small sample size, but that also just made me laugh.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think we're all on the same page with Frank. Uh, it's it's been very encouraging to see his progression, and I think that there's gonna be a lot more of it. But uh, I don't know. Moving on to J- Jake, I'm curious to hear what you are thankful for. What I am thankful for, I I want to hit something quick that I, I think he's a
0: player that we generally haven't been thankful for. Um, Slash we we almost sweep it under the rug and I think we need to stop a little bit Um, Can I be thankful for Marcus Morris's shooting this year Marcus Morris is shooting 51 percent from three on almost six attempts per game Um, I I know we've been disappointed, or I shouldn't say we've been disappointed with Marcus Morris, but I I feel like when we have these philosophical, deeper talks about the Knicks, we say Marcus Morris isn't necessarily helping the development of our players. The dude's shooting a 51-burger from three right now, and I'm thankful for that. (coughs) Um, Because that doesn't just happen, and, and we're getting to the point of the season, it's 17 games. Um, you know, we're, we're almost a quarter of the way through the season and my guy's shooting <laughs> like a, at a historic rate. Uh, so I think we need to be thankful for that. Am I wrong?
1: No, I, I, I completely agree, Jake. And, and I wouldn't even make the argument that Morris's game hasn't helped in the development of young guys because you need guys to be able to shoot and spread out the defense. Like he has been incredible from beyond the arc. Granted, from, with, from two, he's actually been one of the worst players in the league. So that's kind of been, uh, you expect those numbers to even out at some point. But I mean, he's, he's shooting 36% from two. I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now, which gets rid of like garbage time. Um, but yeah, he's been unbelievable behind the arc. I, that's why I want to see him play more power forward. And sort of like spread the floor more for for some of the other guys. So guys like Frank and Dennis Smith Jr. and R.J. Barrett can penetrate and get into the lane. And you know, we've heard a lot that like Morris and Randall can't play together because they kind of u- they kind of take up the same space. But it's not really true. Morris has become strictly a beyond the arc guy. And if he's out there spacing the floor, I'd love to see Morris at the four randall at the five it'd be really scary defensively i think they'd have a hard time getting stops but if you need to juice the offense and you want to get randall going a little bit have him play the five and have marcus morris and some other shooters spreading the floor and i think that could be a really dangerous combination so jake i'm with you in, the, in being thankful for morris's shooting
2: yeah i had no idea his numbers from three were that good i knew he was shooting well just eye test but 51 percent is no joke over that long a sample for contrast his rookie year he in the, the same 17 game sample he shot uh 12% from 3 took a lot less attempts and in a lot less minutes but like that's just a crazy improvement shows where the game, how much the game has changed over the last 10 years or so um and yeah he has been he's been really good um hopefully somebody wants to give up a lot for him in a couple of weeks
1: well, and that's the other thing is like as a Knicks fan, you are particularly thankful about that, not just because it helps develop the players. like, And just one more thing on the development side, just Marcus Morris playing well makes it so that the Knicks are in more of these games, right? Like it's good for for young guys' development to be in competitive basketball games. And so Marcus Morris' shooting has helped them be in some of these games so that there is an opportunity for crunch time minutes. Otherwise, you know, they could be getting blown out more often than they even are. So um, that's just another reason on the development front. But but to BBD's point, um, you got to be thankful for Morris playing so well because it's, it's jacking up his value come the trade deadline. I mean, first of all, when trade season opens on December 15th, like – you have to think that contenders are looking at this wing who kind of plays between the 3 and the 4 who's shooting 50 plus percent from 3 and can kind of i mean one-on-one defensively he's quite good um, they, you have to think that some of them would will be willing to give something up for this guy to make a to make a run
0: i i mean he's he's putting up pretty crazy numbers he's 19.3 points per game uh, 84% from the line on five attempts. We did the three point shooting number. You mentioned his defense. He's filling the box score. I mean, he, he's averaging, uh, over a steal a game. So yeah, you, you kind of hope he keeps it up. And this was, you know, maybe this was the Marcus Morris betting on himself. He was telling himself that, um, he's, he's made strides as a shooter and, and maybe. He didn't feel like he was getting the right opportunity in Boston, and maybe San Antonio wasn't going to use him this way. Um, so, hey, good good for him. Everyone was wondering kind of why he came to the Knicks. Um, I guess it was to show this off, and maybe there will be a day down the line that a late first-round pick can turn into a role player for the Knicks, and we say, hey, thanks, Marcus Morris.
1: That would definitely be something to be thankful for. Um Yeah, we can just run through some more of these. Tom, can I ask you? Yeah. I mean, Frank was definitely my number one, no doubt, but I have a few smaller ones. Like, I know, like, Kevin Knox, for example, I think there's been some letdown. If you just look at his raw box score stats and even just his minutes per game, like, you're going to be a little underwhelmed in most areas. I mean, first of all, his three-point shooting, even though he's cooled off lately, has, I mean, he's still shooting 38% from three on about three and a half attempts per game coming into the season. He, he'd made the remark that he wanted to be shooting 40%. And I'd written in an article about him that there was really no chance of that. Um, he's kind of proven that wrong. I think that there, there is a legitimate shot that he could shoot 40% from three on this kind of volume. And he's getting decent looks, I think. and, And on a team with more threats and more guys who will drive and kick, like he would even have, you know, even get cleaner looks from three. So his shooting has been really encouraging, but, the thing that I'm thankful for is just seeing that he's finally turning into a guy who can make a pass. Like Mm -hmm. I I had a little, I had a couple videos I put up on Twitter of, of him doing, of making passes that he literally didn't make a single time last year. Like he, uh, there was one where he came out of the pick and roll. There's a high pick and roll for him between him and Mitch and the defense kind of collapsed on him. And and the weak side D had to come down and and help on Mitch because he's such a lob threat. And, and Knox just kicked it out to Bobby Portis in the corner, who hit a wide open three. This was against San Antonio. And it's just like Knox throwing that cross-court pass out of the pick-and-roll literally didn't happen last year, like not a single time. And then later on in that same game against the Spurs, he had a similar situation. It wasn't a high pick-and-roll. It was a side pick-and-roll um, where, again, Mitchell Robinson gave him a screen, and Kevin Knox just threw this sick one-handed bounce pass to a rolling uh, Mitch, Mitch Robb, who went up for the dunk and got fouled and got to shoot some free throws. But it's like, that is so encouraging because Knox, you know, for so much of his rookie season, it just looked like he wasn't a guy with any kind of playmaking instincts. And now you're starting to see that, wait a minute, he was just 19 years old, and, and now he's starting to, to come around and, and become a, you know, like a secondary, tertiary player ball handling wing which is so important to have on a, on a winning team right now so that's that's definitely something I'm I'm thankful for and we'll keep looking out for this season
2: yeah it's he's played really well it's been refreshing to see now we're what five weeks into the season the last two weeks has been a little bit of a, of a step back but in general he seems to be playing with a lot more confidence and doing those little things that he wasn't doing at all a year ago, and we thought maybe he'll end up only being a shooter if he can ever be a shooter. Uh, so at least now it's like, all right, we'll know he'll be able to shoot a bit. We know he can handle a little bit, and he like is going to look to see what passing options are there, where last year we weren't seeing that, and it's very refreshing. And again, another guy who just seems like, oh, okay, he, he actually is a piece moving forward.
1: Yeah, and even just a, a stat to illustrate it a little is um, is assist percentage. So that's the, the percentage of like teammates' shots that Knox assisted on. It was 6% last year. It was, it was among the worst marks in the league for wings. And I think that, that's lower than Kristaps Porzingis' assist uh, rate. And then this year, this year, it's almost up to 12%. He's almost doubled it. Um and actually now he's above average for, for wings in the NBA in terms of playmaking and he's done that while his turnovers have gone down. So it's just on, on all fronts in terms of ball handling and playmaking, like it's it's look it's trending in the right direction for Knox.
2: Yeah, his his assist percentage has doubled, his turnovers per game has been cut in half. Uh and his minutes he's playing eight less minutes per game. So it's just way more efficient all around in every way
1: and to be fair like his his usage is also down right like yeah. he's he's shooting the ball a lot less he's being relied on to create you know less of the offense which is a better role for him anyway so like yeah. I, I guess I'm, I'm thankful that Knox is, is in a role that's I mean this is I, I guess this was prior to Fisdale putting him in and starting him as a two guard I am, again, this is the, the positive podcast. I'm not thankful for that in any way, shape, or form. But prior to that, he's been kind of used in a way that's that's more conducive to his playing style and his strengths. And so I'm hoping that Fizdale kind of goes in that direction more for the rest of the season. I, I just want to see him off the leash a little bit. Um, I, I know
0: they're kind of trying him in this, this bench role and come in and, you know, you're, he, it's, it's not like he's playing with restrictions, but I mean, he's, he's getting 20 minutes a night. And, and sometimes in those 20 minutes, you're not going to find, uh, you know, a, a ton of looks and, and I, I just hope if, if Marcus Morris gets traded, I, I think we're, we're leaning when not if, um, and, and maybe another couple guys on these bodies. I, I want those shots going to Knox, man. Um, you know, uh, Barrett's getting his pulls. Um, Frank, we, we're obviously begging him for to try anything more on offense to see what he's working with. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of just want to see Knox off the leash, and even, even if it's in those last 10 games of the season where most NBA game teams aren't trying, give Knox 30 to 35 minutes and let him open it up because um, the three-point shooting's there. Um, and I don't know, like, uh, any good basketball player in the history of basketball <laughs> likes getting more minutes so they can get more into a rhythm and more into the flow of the game. And, um, I, for me, I, I, we've talked about this many times how, you know, his minutes had to come down with these other guys we brought on the roster and he averaged 20, 29 minutes a game, but he was on the worst team in the league and hell, we might be heading back there again. Um. But I don't know. I I just I worry about the psyche of a, a young guy like that. And I I hope they give him. He's you know we haven't heard a bad peep out of him. We haven't seen bad body language. I, uh, I I don't know. I just feel like some of those games where we have seen him do lackluster things on defense. I I think it's tough for a young guy like him who started fifty seven games last year. Um, I I don't know to bring that intensity and be like. Hey, I'm a dude on this team, so uh, I don't know. And uh, again, hopefully that's coming later in the year. But that's that's my only that's my Kevin Knox thing right now.
1: Yeah, no, there's no question his defense has been it, it's been really discouraging. But I, I just kind of wanted to focus on on that playmaking aspect. And and I will say his his role has changed so much. So last year I'm looking at cleaning the glass again. He played about forty five percent of his minutes at the power forward spot. Which is where I like him, actually. I, I think he should be playing... I mean, nearly half of yeah. his minutes were at power forward last year. This year, 3% of his minutes at power forward. He's gone all. He's gone 90% small forward and 7% shooting guard. Um, so, I don't know. I, I would love to see him play more of that stretch four role. I think he's getting better at... He's getting to be a better rebounder. He actually gets to the line very well. So... Like there, there are things that I really like about his game. I just I'm hoping that Fizdale is able to utilize him in ways that just th- that makes sense for him, and uh, and that he can continue to to develop things like his playmaking. But that I think that's that's enough on Knox for now, as far as the positives go. Uh, BBD, you have an, anything else you want to throw out there? Anything else you're uh, thankful for?
2: Let's see. I have some some throwback kind of things, some stuff for this year. Um, Let's see. I uh, I am thankful for the Knicks fans. The, the these guys they've had a rough go of it, but even in like the current state, when I, I was at the game in Philly last week, and I got stopped like four different times just like having conversations with people, not because anyone knows I like do a Knicks pockets. I was just wearing a Knicks shirt, and and we were just like having conversations enjoying each other's company it was like it, it was so nice very wholesome experience um i didn't get a chance to mention that on the last podcast because uh i was i was working not there
1: so that is very sweet that's a that's a heartwarming story that was um, beautiful well, N- thank you thankful for nick's fans i love it wow um and knicks fans are good like even on knicks twitter like there's a lot of infighting it can i mean twitter in general it's a pretty toxic place but uh for the most part like it's a it's a it's a group that stands behind their team no matter what so uh yeah i i like that bbd getting a little soft on us but that's okay and and i think there is a little there's a
0: little more hope
1: like amongst knicks
0: fans i think rj barrett and, and and we haven't talked enough about him. He should be the number one thing we'll, we're thankful for, um, you know, outside of Frank. And I, I think even including Frank, for me, it's R.J. Barrett. Because if, if Frank was doing what he's doing this season without R.J. Barrett, if the Knicks had the fourth pick in the draft, maybe we need to be thankful the Knicks got the third pick in the draft. Um, be, because we would just if if Darius Garland was out there and Frank was still putting up his six points, three and a half <laughs> assists and two and a half rebounds, I don't think we'd be excited as as much about Frank. But I think I think with what RJ Barrett's done, I mean he um he's in no way, shape or form can you say he's a bust to any degree. Um, I know there was some somewhat questions about his toughness, what role he was going to play. I think we all kind of like the role. The only thing is free throw shooting, which I mean, he's got the stroke. It just seems like a little bit of a rookie funk right now. Um, but he's currently at what? 15 points per game, three and a half assists, five and a half rebounds. Um, I mean, if you start a stra- extrapolating that to what kind of player he could be, um, uh, I I think he I think he's my number one thing we have to be thankful about because if oh, we yeah. had if we had the four pick and it was uh Garland or, or the kid on the Hawks from Virginia or or whoever the Knicks would have taken in the draft, um, you know, this this whole this whole season would be a complete disaster. A complete and utter disaster without RJ Barrett.
1: Yeah, the fact that we were almost thirty minutes in and hadn't really mentioned Barrett his – that's a failure on my part. I gotta say, uh, cause he's so clearly the thing we're most thankful for. I think it was almost too obvious. And like, I don't know. We were almost more pleasantly surprised with Frank or it's, it's more of a culmination of a, of a long time investment in Frank. RJ Barrett just came right out in game one and started impressing us and almost became what we expect from him. And and we do, we almost take it for granted. He's, he's still not even 19 and a half years old yet. And like he's j- he's been wildly impressive. Um, I think my favorite thing about him is just his ability to get to the rim. It's like he takes 54 percent of his shots at the rim, which is in the 96th percentile among wings. Like almost no other wings get to the rim more frequently than RJ Barrett, and he has to work on his um, on his accuracy on, on you know on actually converting those attempts at the rim. But I have no question he's going to be able to. He is such great touch. He's so strong. And he's such a competitive dude that, like, I I just love that he's even able to get these shots. Because, like, you think back to last year, Kevin Knox, we were doing a lot of criticizing of his, like, pull-up weird floater game where he was just taking these really soft floaters from, like, 12 feet out. R.J. Barrett's going to take two more dribbles and try and dunk on somebody or just, like, try and go through them and and hit him with a lefty layup. So uh, that's been so refreshing to see someone play with so much force. And and that's what Barrett does. He plays really strong, and he's only going to get stronger as his career goes on. So that is 100% the right answer, Jake. That's something to be thankful for.
2: Oh, yeah. Love R.J. Barrett. I'm looking at his basketball reference page right now. And this has nothing to do with him as a person or his stats, uh, which I think is what we like. Uh, do you know his nickname, along with Maple Mamba, it also says his nickname is Ducky. Has anyone called him that? Because I've not, but it says it right here. Ducky is one of his two nicknames. I'm not familiar with that.
1: I've never said it to his face.
0: <laughs> That's, no, i never heard that. Ducky Barrett. If I type that in Google, will anything come up? Careful. Is that yeah? Let me get on. Uh, I'm I'm already on private private browsing. Um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it'd be it one looks of those like,
2: things. It's like, hey, if one person did it once, makes sense that it somehow snuck onto his page. But I I've never heard that at all. It's like
0: there's a guy. There's a guy named Dickie Barrett who's a ska punk band guy. He's the announcer for Jimmy Kimmel Live. Not oh, seeing, yeah. Not seeing too much on Ducky Barrett, though.
1: I've been to two Jimmy Kimmel shows, live tapings, and I've wow. seen Dickie Barrett do his thing, and he's he's a handful. What a flex. <laughs> um, yeah, and what I, flex. I, I think what, what you
0: guys said with R.J. Barrett that I think is, is an important part of it is that, like, A, the shot, we had some question marks about the shot, um, and it's looked it's looked good for a rookie. It's looked solid. It's definitely something you could build on. Um, and I think the bigger thing with all the driving and getting to the basket is, and I guess this was my weird extrapolating thing I mentioned, is that like when he gets a little bit stronger um, and, and he learns the NBA game a little bit more, and we haven't talked about guys' bodies enough on here. That used to be a regular thing on Talking Knicks but when RJ's body when when it comes along a little more and we've got the pictures 2 years from now of roped up professional RJ Barrett compared to 19 year old teenager RJ Barrett i think we're going to say like he's a specimen and he's going to abuse people man he he's got creativity he's got the euro step if he needed he can pass he can get to the ten he could pull up on you like there's a very good chance
1: he's going to be a special player he, he's such a complete player for a rookie at this point I mean he like we said he in addition to getting to the 10 so much like part of that is he gets fouled on he gets fouled a ton so he's in the 91st percentile among wings in terms of getting fouled on his shots he is like you mentioned shooting 49 percent from the free throw and like just think how his points per game are going to tick up once he gets that all straightened out which I'm not I'm really not that worried about I don't know that this season he'll get to a good place with his free throw shooting, but in the long run, I'm, I'm very confident in it. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned his shooting, he's shooting about 35% from three pretty limited attempts. He's still not, uh, getting up as many threes as I'd like to see, but I I imagine that'll take up as well. And then just like his, his defense has been impressive His rebounding. There was a whole article recently. I forget who wrote it, but um, it may have been Ian Begley. I'll find it later. But um, like it was all about how Barrett's greatest strength so far has actually been his rebounding uh, for his position. It's super impressive. So like, it, it's hard to find weaknesses in his game beyond free throw shooting. He's kind of been impressive everywhere, and he's only going to get better. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's your top. <laughs> if we're doing a countdown of the most thank- thankful mm-hmm. things to uh rj barrett would be at that number one spot but this isn't a countdown we're going we're jumping all over the place we're not a countdown pod um I, i've got a couple quick hitters uh kind of from
0: the team perspective that i think are noteworthy and i think one leads to a conversation which uh i don't know you guys could bury me quickly on or or i i actually don't know what i'm looking for on it uh some nick's team stats um, A, and this ties mostly to Marcus Morris, but the Knicks are sixth in three point shooting percentage of all NBA teams this year. Um, I, I think that's, that's interesting. And I, uh, you know, our, our Kenny Poon was, was in the trenches on that a little bit this season, being like, we do have some shooters now. Um, again, Marcus Morris shooting 51% on six threes. I think that's ticking that upwards a little bit. Um, and then again th- this was the one I wanted you guys to run with and see if there's if this is a positive thing or if this is a negative thing cuz I think you could put both spins on it. The Knicks are the number one offensive rebounding team. Um and and I don't know if that's us playing a big lineup or if that's us missing a lot of shots. Um, or, or if you guys have seen anything out there I kind of don't have an opinion on it but it felt like hey we're leading the league in a category is there something good there
1: I mean mitch has been a beast on the offensive boards man like he teams can't get keep him off the glass it's incredible like especially because last year it was not really a strength of his I don't think he was strong enough I don't know that he was aggressive enough but this year like, offensively, he is getting so many putback attempts. He's got to be among the league leaders there. And um, I think part of it does have to do with playing some of these big lineups. Like Bobby Portis has been playing a decent amount of four. Um, I mean, Marcus Morris is big to be playing three. He's been playing a lot of small forward. So, like, there's definitely something to it. But, I mean, the flip side of that, not to, not to go negative here, but obviously if you're crashing the glass so hard on offense, you risk giving up a lot of points in transition, right? Like – if the defense does get the rebound, they're going to push it on you. And if you're not back, then that's a problem. And I think the Knicks have been really struggling on that front. So you do wonder kind of what the balance is there of of crashing the offense versus getting back on defense. And maybe the answer is just having Mitch crash and everyone else just getting back on defense so you're not giving up so many easy ones the other way.
2: Yeah, and I guess the other the other negative – or not negative necessarily, but kind of just being a Debbie Downer about it is – I think I would see it as much more of a positive thing if we saw them being like dogs, like we thought they were going to be in more aspects of basketball, if we saw a little bit more of that throughout the rest of the game, and it was like, oh yeah, well of course they're also leading in offensive rebounds then, because they're just full of effort all the time, every aspect of the game, but it it feels like that's not the case a lot, so it feels a little emptier in that regard, especially with all the talk they had in the offseason about wanting to be the 90s Knicks reincarnated and all that kind of stuff. But in general, yeah, don't don't dislike leading the league in, in a category that's not a bad one to lead in on paper.
1: Yeah, and Jake, I, I am surprised to see that the Knicks are sixth in three-point field goal percentage. I really didn't expect that at all. Like when you said it, I was pretty determined to find the stat that showed you were wrong. <laughs> But <laughs> I saw that I saw that look come over your face. You 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 put on a like no way. Like
0: the Knicks I, I, can't be the sixth best 3-point shooting team. I watched them honestly, play basketball. There's no
1: way. I mean, Marcus Morris is is obviously the biggest part of that like you said, but man, that I just I mean, I just looked it up to verify and you're right. And and a big part of it is they're shooting almost 47% on corner threes this year, which is number 1 in the league by a by a pretty wide margin actually. So I mean, th- those corner threes have been huge for for us. I'm trying to think like who's <laughs> cuz Marcus Morris is he getting a lot of those corner threes? I'm trying to think of who the Knicks are stationing in those corners. I know Bobby Portis is always posting up in the corner. <laughs> um which which is good. I, I like him in that play in that spot spacing the floor. But uh I don't know. That's that's just a very cool stat. Number 1 in the league in corner three-point shooting. We will take that every time. That's a really important shot in today's league.
0: And I, I don't know if we give Fizdale credit for that. Un- unfortunately, I don't have the heart to give Fizdale anything on the thankfulness podcast as of right now. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't know. May- maybe that is something. Um, but yeah, and I, I don't know. I think we want to get thankful for Dame Dot. I, I, I wrote down Taj Gibson screens. That's a small thankful
1: thing. I also wrote that down. Um, I, actually, just on a, on a higher level there, just like Taj Gibson being a, like a, a real veteran <laughs> in yeah. general and just like doing the little yeah. things that you want veterans to do and kind of being that stabilizing presence. I don't know. Sometimes it's kind of just lip service saying like we're going to bring in these veterans and they're going to have a an effect on the locker room. But it just seems like Taj is the real deal and that he actually like practices what he preaches. And and part of that, and a big part of that, is hitting people on screens. Like, he actually does it, and it matters. Like, the, the offense is a lot better with Taj on the floor. And, it, you know, I don't have those numbers directly in front of me, but it looks a lot better when he's on the floor, too. So, um, yeah, no, Jake, I'm totally with that as far as Taj. He's, he's, been, he's been really impressive. I, I wasn't sure when they signed him. He's 34 years old. I didn't know if he'd be able to, like – have that kind of energy and get himself excited to play in these games that are sometimes maybe a little less meaningful than he'd hope at this stage in his career, but the the dude plays hard. So you got to give him that.
0: Tom. Yeah. I'm going to let the him making contact on screens and every other Nick not become your shtick because I, I love it. Um, and it's, uh, I, 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 it's almost unreal. Some of the clips that you've dug up, um, of everyone literally slipping screens and not ma- making contact, Well, Taj, Taj needs it. That's
1: like that's his game uh, at, at this point in his career. Um, I mean, you're just like an ornament if you're just standing there not looking to hit anybody. If you're like, there's no purpose for what you're doing. I mean, Randall does it all the time. I pulled up a clip, clip actually of him in the Spurs game actually hitting Patty Mills. And because of that, he rolled and got an alley oop from Frank. It's like, yeah, Julius, like, that's what happens when you hit somebody. You get a wide-open dunk instead of these, like, you know, post-up mid-ranger isos that don't go anywhere. So, you know, you're hoping that, that Fizdale's showing him these clips and being like, you see what happened here? Like, that's, let's do that more. And uh, I'm, I'm sure it's happening. There's no doubt in my mind I'm being positive um so let's see here other thankful things other thankful things I, I guess one that kenny said was was uh marcus morris's step back on dallas and just in general being undefeated against the mavericks yeah. this season you have to be thankful for that
2: i really yeah. enjoy that
0: well porzingis is trash he has Yo, been. how did dallas lose both
1: those games to us Doncic is going nuts it because they have Porzingis goal. and Tim Hardaway Jr. Like w- <laughs> we've seen these guys. We know why they're losing. But I mean they've actually I think their records fairly good, but didn't they yeah. just get blown out by the Clippers last night? I think they did.
0: So, um, yeah, they
1: did. So, so Knicks and Clippers in good in good company here. <sighs> Beating the Mavericks.
0: Is there anything with Julius Randle? I'm I'm going through his game logs right now. I don't know.
1: No. Uh, I, think, I think I like yeah, think statistically Yeah, statistically you can make some cases that he's been impressive in some games, but overall in the season, like I'm just gonna need to see more from him before I before I start saying I'm thankful for anything he's done.
2: He was uh he was really good against the Cleveland Cavaliers.
0: Okay. Yeah. Without yeah. their bit
1: like, without Kevin Love. Um he was. His, his <laughs> two of his better games have been against Cleveland.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, thank th- I'm thankful for Cleveland then. How about that?
2: <laughs> Except for that time they took a big old mud pie on us.
1: Always. Always <laughs> with the mud pies. Um, it's not a podcast until BBD drops that line.
2: God,
0: I – and the the only other thing that's doing in in my head movies, um, I don't know how this is gonna play out, and I, I I made a joke about it the other day. I I think I'm gonna be appreciative that Alonzo Trier's stats are going to be are going to allow him to be a part of a trade this year. Um, Cause if you just look at the numbers, um, Isozo, <laughs> I mean he gets buckets. He's he's shooting forty five percent from three on two and a half attempts this year. Um, you know I I think it whether when if it's a cha- if it's a championship contender, bring in say Marcus Morris and Alonzo Trier. I think they can convince themselves that once Alonzo Trier is away from the Knicks, that he can take his game to another level. Because, uh, I don't know, some of the shooting percentage numbers are, are pretty bonkers for a young player in the league, um, but I guess I'm that's me being pre-thankful.
1: Yeah, and Jake, you I mean, it's funny you bring them up because that's actually kind of one of the more, one of the reasons I'm actually thankful for Fisdale is that he's been playing Dotson over Trier. And I don't know, like, I think based on Fizdale's track record and, and the types of players he's valued in the past, it's guys like Trier who create their own offense and get buckets and are aggressive on the offensive end that, that Fizdale usually um, respects and usually gives them priority over some of the other players. But the fact of the matter is like he's like Dotson's completely taken over that, that position in the rotation. And, and I have to believe it's part. I mean, Trier's shooting the ball from three really well in in his tiny sample, but Dotson's really struggling. He's shooting 25% from three. So the only feasible reason that Dotson's getting those minutes is because of his effort on the defensive end and then I guess more that he's able to to move around on offense and move the ball more importantly but I just I like what Dotson brings to this team on both sides of the ball a lot more than what Trier does and so I I am thankful that he's getting those minutes over Trier and, and to your point um I don't think it's really tanking chairs value so much just based on what he did his rookie season and kind of what he showed in, in a very small sample offensively this season. Yeah, so I, I don't know I think we're getting towards the the end of the list here, but it's been it's been pretty robust. I gotta say we, there, it sounds like we're thankful for a lot uh there there is one thing that Kenny mentioned that uh, that he wanted me to bring up on this podcast, and that was that was Dennis Smith jr's shooting numbers. Um, you know, he started the year just so brutally bad that I think any improvement was going to really catch our eye, but the last few games he's been, he has been shooting the ball well, particularly off the dribble. Um, he's taken about two, three point attempts per game. He's shooting 39% from three. I don't know how sustainable it is. Like his shot still looks kind of funky at times, but I mean, the fact is like, we can be thankful that so far he's shooting well from three and uh and be hopeful that 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 continues i i don't know guys what do you think about dsj so far anything else to be thankful on from from his perspective
0: I mean it, it it looked like he got space jammed to start the year it, it looked like his powers were just completely gone um so yeah there was this weird like <laughs> are, do the knicks just destroy players um but yeah his his past six games i mean he's he's shooting 50 percent from three which is a number that we never thought we'd see from dennis smith jr um you know three helpers still 18 minutes and he's He's still looking for his spot on this team a little bit. He got hurt. They brought in a lot of new bodies. Um, and yeah when when Dennis Smith Jr.'s right, it, it like like a lot of the stuff we said about RJ. Barrett is you, you know, you picture that when he gets a little stronger and he learns the league a little better, how it works. like Dennis Smith Jr, you see it. I mean, he's one of those guys that when he's right, he looks more athletic than dudes on the nba court which never like just doesn't happen with a lot of dudes um so yeah i, I don't know if i'm thankful for dsj yet um but you know <laughs> i'm hopeful maybe when i we will go around give thanks and then we'll give hope around the table
1: yeah i think that's the right the right outlook to have on him but yeah guys we're uh i mean we're, this is the longest midweek pod we've done so far mm. if there's a if there's anything else you guys want to add, I think we can wrap this bad boy up. I'm good.
2: Uh, the last thing I'm thankful for is all the five-star reviews uh, mm. and ratings, all that, that the listeners are about to give us. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for those five-star reviews. Um, if you're listening to this while you're traveling to your Thanksgiving destination, we appreciate you. Um and yeah yeah hop in wherever you listen to your podcast give this a little five star rating review it tell us what you're thankful for tell us your favorite thanksgiving side um and uh yeah make sure you follow us on twitter at talkin' nicks on instagram we're posting stuff there every week follow the guys on twitter big baby big baby david what's your handle
2: at big baby david underscore
1: and everyone knows jake is at talking jake I'm at Tom underscore Piccolo. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, be doing another podcast on Monday, hopefully with some good news after a win or two. But uh, until then, let's go Knicks. Gobble, gobble.